Romans chapter 8, verse number 6. Let us stand. It says, For to be carnal-minded is death, but to be spiritually-minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enemy of God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then that they are in the flesh cannot please God. Please underline that. But you are not in the flesh. Please underline that. If you were born again, bought by the blood, you are not in the flesh, but you are in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Please underline that. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is done none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Not your righteousness, but his. But the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, you have he, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, be we not, uh, be, uh, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh, but if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you, uh, though the Spirit do mortally mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For if you have not received the spirit of bondage again, the fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you this morning. Lord, we thank all of your mercy, grace, and love. Lord, we got so much going on in our lives, Lord. We just need a touch from you this morning. We ask you to lift us up and encourage us, Lord. We pray that something to be said this morning to penetrate the heart, Lord, to realize that without you, if your spirit does not dwell in us, we're dead. We're lost, and hell will be our home. And empty me of self and fill me with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated. Matthew 1 says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son. They should call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Now, that's a wonderful thought. The God that sits on the throne in heaven, and, and heaven is his throne, and earth is his footstool. Uh, the God that created all the things that you see in this world, in that world out there, that God is with us today. I mean, that's just something right there we all just get excited about. Amen? You ought to get excited that God is with us. What more, what more can excite you knowing that God is with us this morning? i tell you what else could excite you even more. God in us. God in us. Amen. Romans chapter 8 is one of the most defined passages in the Bible of the Spirit of God. Paul mentions the, the Spirit of God 19 times in this chapter. Uh, Ten times Paul speaks of the Spirit of God, and you can't miss that even if you're trying to miss it this morning. Over and over, 
uh, we find the capital S, Spirit. Talking about the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, and the, the, uh, that He may be, uh, let me just say this, it may be one thing to know about Christ, but it's another thing to have Christ living in your life this morning. Everybody knows something about Christian life. Everybody knows something about Christ's life. You can walk up and down the streets to uh, uh, these heathens that's in the world, these sinners in the world, and, and especially right now, and, and ask them about Christmas. And the sinners will tell you something about Christ's life. And they could tell you something about Jesus this morning. They can tell you the story about he, how he turned water into wine. They can tell you something about how he raised uh, someone from the dead. They could tell you a story about a, a dying man on the cross. They could, they've heard stories about Jesus, but may I say, uh, knowing about Jesus doesn't do you one good of, bit of good for eternity. If all you do is know about Christ and the life of Christ this morning, the story of Christ this morning, may I say that you'll wind up in hell in the lake of fire this morning. But what makes the difference is when, when it becomes more than a story, uh, more than a story about something when it becomes a, more than a story about a Savior. But when that Savior moves into your life and takes up residence in your heart and your life, and the life of Christ, not just His life, but it becomes now your life this morning. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I, can I say I don't preach because of me? I be preach because someone moved into me. I don't live a holy life because of me. I, I live a holy life because someone moved into my life. I don't go to church because of me, but I go to church because now I want to go to church because somebody is inside of me that loves this part of life. Some of y'all didn't quit drinking because of you. You quit drinking because someone moved in. Some of y'all didn't quit running around because of you. But you quit running around because somebody moved in to you this morning. Emmanuel, God with us. By his spirit I was condemned and convicted of sin. Do you remember the, the day you got convicted of your sins and condemned of your sins this morning? 
But thank to God, it didn't stop there. I thank God, I praise God, when I got convicted of my sins and condemned of my sins, he didn't say, hey, you're on your own. You're not going to make it because you can't get there by yourself. I thank God he extended his arm down and reached down and pulled me out of that miry clay and says, now I'm inside of you. Not only am I with you, but I'm inside you now. You can't live the Christian life by yourself this morning. If you got Emmanuel, God in us. There's several things about this God that's in us I want to show you this morning. When Jesus went back to heaven, he sent somebody in his stead. Jesus said, if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you, which is the Holy Ghost. When Jesus left in Acts chapter 2, he came there that day. When you got saved, when you really was convicted of your sins and condemned your sins and you realized that you was lost and a sinner undone, that there's no way heaven could be your home. Uh, hell was your home because you have not repented of your sins. When you repented of your sins, somebody moved into your life. He purchased you. He, he owns you now because he went to the cross. Now I live a life because of him. I, I, I don't know if anybody here has got rental property. I don't. I got rental trucks, rental land. I ain't got no rental property. But it's the same, per, same idea that if you got a rental house and you rent it out to someone, you're renting it out with the idea that they're going to take care of that for you. They're going to make sure that everything is at well. They're going to make sure everything's updated. Everything's up keep. Uh, can I say this? God is the same thing. Uh, he looks at you as a rental property because he owns you. He bought you. He paid a price for you. And he's saying, I'm going to put somebody inside of you that you can take care of and make sure everything's good in your life. Thank you. Taking care of the Holy Ghost inside of us. Amen. God in us means imputation. It means a charge or deposit something into somebody else's account. And because of them, because of somebody else giving somebody something they didn't earn, they didn't desire, it was imputed into them. Can I say that's how you received the God of spirits? God imputed into us this morning without works, without baptism, without falling on the floor and flipping around, without talking in tongues. I didn't get it by baptism. I didn't get the spirit after I started uh, uh, living right, uh, trying to do right in my life. I got the spirit when I realized I was lost and undone on my way to hell and I got down on my knees and, and begged God to come in and cleanse my heart. 
He rose me up and put something inside of my life. God imputed the Spirit of God inside of me this morning. You, you, say, you say, preacher, where, is, where was that imputed at? At the cross of Calvary. If, you, if you've been to the cross of Calvary, that's where you got it. Look at verse number 2 of Romans chapter 8. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus have made me free from the law of sin and death. Verse 3, for what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin and condemned sin in the flesh. You want to know how I got God's righteousness? You want to know how I got God's spirit in my life? It came from the old rugged cross. The Bible said on the cross of Calvary when Jesus was dying, he said, he, he yielded up the uh, ghost. And he said, Father, into thy hands I commend in my spirit. And you want to know something? Because he gave up the spirit, because he gave up the ghost, he now has transferred that into us this morning. He allows me to have it this morning. I got it because he went to Calvary. You don't get the Spirit of Christ any other way. You get the Spirit of Christ by faith in what Jesus had done for you this morning. I wonder if you have it this morning. I'm not waiting until it arrives. I'm not hoping that I've got it. I'm not wishing <laughs> that I got it. I, I got him this morning. He's on the inside this morning. How do you know? Because I feel him every day. I, I know I don't do right every day, but I tell you this, I know he's there. I tell you, I know he's coming out. I tell you, I, I know that he, he leads me, he guides me, he, he provides for me. He's there. I don't have to hope I got him. I've got him this morning. And, and can I say this? If you've got him this morning... It's going to come out on the outside. It'll come out on the outside. Yeah, that's what imputation is. That's what it is. God in us. I got to thinking about that. Try to give you a little... An illustration is, and the best one I could come up with is with Brother Sean. <laughs> Brother Sean, imagine this. Brother Sean getting an invitation, gold leaf, just a beautiful invitation to get to meet and greet his hero. King Charles. 
He opens up this invitation and said, Hey, I'm getting to meet King Charles, and I get to meet him on this day. And then he notices in the card, but there are some restrictions in order to meet this man. And the first thing right off the top says, You've got to have a suit made by this place in England, and it's going to cost you $10,000. Sean throws his hands up. Well, that's it. I don't have $10,000. I guess I'll not meet the king today. All I've got is this. I buy off the rack at Goodwill. <laughs> and all of a sudden he gets a phone call and this man on the other side, I heard you've got an invitation to meet the king. Yeah, but I can't go. I don't have the suit. I don't have the money. The man says, hey, I've got one for you. I, I bought it from the same place they want you to go and get one. It costs $10,000. Sean gets excited. He runs over to the house. He puts that suit on it, and it fits perfectly as if it was custom made for him. So he now he's going to the gates where the king's at and the guards are standing there. He's got that $10,000 suit on. He's got that invitation. He walks up to the guards. They look him over and say, yeah, he's dressed right and he's got the invitation. Then you can come in. But as he's standing outside of the gate, there's others outside and say, hey, I want to come in too. And Sean turns around and says, no, you can't. You ain't dressed right. You're, you're about, you got to make it on your own. That, 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 he shouldn't do that. What he should do is say, hey, I was just like you. I couldn't get in either. I didn't have it. I didn't have the suit. I, didn't, I couldn't have made it. But this number, if you call, this man might help you. Can I say this? When you stand at the gates of God, when you stand at the glory world of God, He's not going to be looking at you. He's going to be looking at the suit that you're wearing. It's not your righteousness. It's not your goodness, but it's the righteousness of Jesus Christ. If you ain't got that suit on, you're not going to enter in. He's going to tell you, I'm sorry, you're not dressed right. Amen. I hope you all got that. We we'll have to start using Brother Sean on some more. <laughs> Amen. You you get it from Calvary. It came from Christ this morning. He imputed it into me this morning. He was my giver. He was the one that handed it to me this this morning. You say, preacher, I love to have the Spirit of God in my life. It comes by imputation. You've got to realize that you are a sinner. You're going to hell. You can't do nothing about it by yourself. And you come to Christ and trust Him. He gives it to you. That sounds too good to be true. Will you do it your way and let me know how it works out for you? But I, I will just believe what the Bible says this morning. God in us means imputation. 
God in us also means infiltration. I, I like this. Can I say this? If God be in you, he will make an appearance somewhere in your life. He will infiltrate and pop out somewhere in your life if he's in you. I want to say this with all the love I have in my heart this morning. If there has never been a evidence anywhere in your life that God has moved in, I doubt if he did. If there's never been any kind of appearance in your life, and I'm talking about a, a desire for the things of God, uh, you're lost this morning. You say, where did I get that from? You, you need to uh, read Romans chapter 8. Uh, it's all through Romans chapter 8. There's infiltration. He'll infiltrate your conduct this morning. Verse 12, therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh. And after flesh, verse 13, if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you live through the Spirit to mortify the deeds of this body, you shall live. Paul says we're debtors, but not to this flesh. We're debtors to God and the Spirit of God. We don't owe this, owe this flesh anything this morning. We have paid all we are going to pay to the flesh until when God saved us, that debt has been wiped away and now we are debtors to the Spirit of God. God bought you. God saved you. You are in debt to Him today. The Spirit of God, if it's in you, he should infiltrate your conduct this morning. I wonder about some people sometimes. I've watched people that get saved, and when they get saved, immediately they start acting like they're saved. I'm talking about sin, and I'm talking about sinless perfection. I'm talking about they start loving the Word of God, the things of God, loving the church, loving the Bible, and reading the Bible. And I'm talking about they just sell out to God. And just, they want to be what God wants them to be. They give their life over to God. They put their hand in God's hand and said, Lead me, God, I'll follow you wherever you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. They have given over to the things of God and they're saved and the evidence of God in their life is popping out all over them. Then I watch some people claim to have the same salvation that the other people have. You never see anything in their life Anywhere that things have changed in their life. Can I say that's not Bible salvation? Bible says if there's a change. The old man has passed away. Behold, all things made new. There's a change in your life. He's quickening you. He mortifies. He's quickening your soul. There's, there's a change. And I'm not talking about works for salvation, but I'm talking about there's works after salvation. Talking about the Bible said, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And the spirit of God has made an appearance in your life. 
somewhere made a change in your life. If you never, you can't see the change, you can't see the, the, uh, the appearance, then I doubt if you ever got saved. I wonder if you really have him this morning. He, 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 he'll infiltrate uh, your soul, the spirit. infiltration of my condemnation verse number one I, I love this verse there is therefore right now not down the road but there, right now there is therefore now no condemnation of those in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit Paul says if you are saved and the spirit is in you right now there is no condemnation of you he has taken it away. When the Spirit of God moves inside of you, He took the condemnation of sin away from your life. If I die, I'm not worrying about where I'm going. I'm not sitting and fretting about what I'm doing. If God says the day is the day, I know where I'm going. I'm not worried about sin because God says, therefore there is no condemnation. Bible says to be absent with the body, be present in the Lord, only if he lives inside of you this morning. My condemnation has been wiped away by God. I wonder if you have that kind of confidence more this morning. If, you, if this was your last day on earth, your last breath is just minutes away. Do you have that kind of confidence that when you take your last breath that you'll wake up in heaven and glory of God or maybe you'll wake up in the pits of hell? Do you have that kind of confidence? He's inside you this morning. Infiltration. God in us means illumination. Look how he's been illuminated. When he takes up residence in your life, he starts giving us life. And the spirit of life is, he illuminates. He illuminates our path. Illuminates our course. Verse 14, for as many are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I like that. He said, whoever is led by the Spirit of God, you can tell there are the sons of God. You know what a good asset test to tell whether you have been born again or not? Whether you have the Spirit of God or not living inside you? Are you led by Him? Are you led by Him? You can tell your thoughts are not your thoughts. Your path is not your path. Your course is not your course. But God is illuminating a course for you. God has made a path for you. You placed your hand in Him and you're following Him whichever path you want to take. You're being led. That word means to be taken by the hand, taken by the arm, to be led around. Someone is holding on to you. And assisting you on your journey this morning. 
It's not like, hey, come on, go with me. No, according to that verse, it's this way. Have you ever been, you ever, you ever been to Walmart, seen a mother coming out the doors with a screaming kid? She's got him by the hand, dragging him. He's kicking and screaming, pushing and riding, don't want to leave and all that stuff. That's the way some Christians are this morning. God is trying to lead them. God is trying to put them in the right path. And all we can do is whine, whine. I don't want to go that way. I want to do my way. I want to just go that way. And just kicking and fighting against God. To hold it. That's a lot of Christians this morning. Amen. I hope y'all ain't one. But it's God taking you by the hand. He says, come on, let's go this way. And you say, all right, I'll go. And he's illuminating your path and your course. And, and then all of a sudden he said, don't go that way because it's, it's not good over there. But you come on this way, I'm going to lead you. And, and while he's leading you, he's protecting you. And while he's leading you, he's protecting you. And, and he's providing things on you on that pathway. God is taking you by the hand and you just surrender yourself to him. But too many times we want to fight against God and the direction that God wants to put us in. And we get ourselves all messed up. And what happens when you fight enough against somebody that's got you by the hand? Lose contact. You've seen the child, they'd be pulling against it, pulling against the next thing, your hand slips out and then hit the floor. That's Christians. Pulling their hands out of the hand of God. They hit the ditch. Rock bottom, rock bottom. Amen. He illuminates our path. He illuminates our course. I, I have to be honest with you this morning. I, I wouldn't want to try to navigate through this life without God this morning. I, I don't want to do it through my own self. God help you if you are trying to navigate life on your own. You know, some of you are saying, I'm a guy, I guide my own self. I'm going to show you what I can do. I can lead myself. You can do your own thing if you want to. You're on your own when you do. You're going to end up in a mess. Teenagers think they have the answers to everything in life right now. They don't realize the older to get, the questions change. They think they have the answers to everything right now. But if they only knew, they only knew to get through life with some joy, with some peace, you've got to put your hand in the hand. You've got to let him lead you. You've got to let him guide you. It means illumination in my childhood. What do you mean your childhood? You ain't young. Well, young enough. That when I cry to God, verse 15, for ye are not, for you have received the spirit of bondage again of fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. Let me say, I love that word adoption. That means I was lost. I was without Somebody loved me enough, say, you know what? I'll make you part of my family. Amen. 
I love that word adoption. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Verse 16, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Have you ever witnessed the Spirit of God in your life? You say, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Then you're probably lost. A witness, the Spirit of God this morning, while I'm up here preaching, there's something inside of you saying, that's right. There's something inside of you that agrees what's been said. And when they sing in the songs, uh, there's something inside of you that says, that, that's right. Uh, that, that is the witness uh, of the Spirit of God witnessing with your spirit, telling you, that's right. That's right. That's right. I'm going to tell you something. Right now, if the spirit that you've got in you, while the singers were singing, while the preacher is preaching, you just sit there. Don't let be looking at yourselves now because you might be one of them. You, you sitting there like that, I'm going to just let you know you've got the wrong spirit in your life. Come yeah. tell you, you spirit of God. It agrees with the things of God, the songs of God, the Word of God. And when it does, it, it starts illuminating your life inside of you. And it says, that's right. That's right. I, I agree with that. Yeah. We can cry, I'm a father. I know whose I am. I'm a child of God this morning. I don't know how many of y'all are dog lovers. Well, y'all know I got a dog. And I remember when we first picked the dog. I didn't pick it up. Teresa picked it up. I was with her. But she walked around the car, and the, the lady had the box of about five or six of these dogs in there. And she reached down and just picked that one up. You know, and she's had to remove it for what that dog knew. That was a comfort zone. That was her brothers and sisters there. And she was comfortable, and then she brought her over to us, with us, and we're getting ready to leave, and she's letting us know I'm out of my comfort zone, so she throws up on Teresa. <laughs> so we get, we get her home, and, you know, they, they tremble because they're out of their comfort zone. They don't know anything. They don't know what's going on. But as time goes by, you know, she sat on my chest, and she licked my face, and next thing you know, she's, she's at ease. She said, well, maybe this master ain't so bad. She said, this master's going to feed me. This master's going to give me water. He's going to take care of me. He's walked me outside. We took her to school. She passed. And then she flunked when she came home. <laughs> and we've we done everything for this dog. And, 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 and she finally realized that this is my home. She realized there's not a bed that she can't sleep on. She realized there's no one that she can't frustrate upset jump on she realizes that what she's saying is i like my master i like where i'm at i wouldn't trade it for anything can i tell you i love my master 
My master has taken care of me. He has provided for me. He's gave me shelter. He's gave me clothes. He's fed me. He's given me water. He's protected me in a storm. He has protected me in trouble. I've had trials and tribulations come my way. I could not got it by myself. I had the hand of God and He illuminates in my life. God loves you this morning. He cares about you this morning. There was a time when we had the spirit of bondage and fear in our lives. Lost without God. Scared of going to hell. But that hand reached out of glory. And picked you up. And put me in the family of God. I, I enjoy, enjoy hanging out with the family of God. I, I don't want to go back to the way I was or who I was or what I was because I'm enjoying my life here now. Something inside me lets me know that I'm in the family of God. good to be in the family of God. Listen to what I'm about to tell you and I'm through. I, I wonder if there's anything that I've been preaching that bears witness with your spirit this morning. Something inside of you is saying, that's right. Something said, I, I bear witness with that. And it goes deeper than just agreeing. Some of you are kicking and fighting. Pushing against the things of God and he's trying to call you. He's trying to lead you. He says, I want to be that one that will show you a life that is abundantly. But you're going to keep pushing away from God. And you keep pushing away from God so much, you'll never feel the tug of God in your heart anymore. And I don't want to ever get to that place where I cannot feel the tug of God in my life. Even when I do wrong, God still pulls and tugs at me. He lets me know, don't do that. I don't want to be so cold that I just keep rejecting God, keep rejecting God, keep rejecting God till it gets so easy over and over and over God has pulled on your heart string this morning you need to get to the altar because God's got something for you this morning he's got a place to take you. he's got a life to give you and he says I give it to you freely all you got to do is come and ask come and ask